how many of you have been watching the AD series? Let me see your hand. You've been watching? Isn't it great? Wow. And, and you know, <clears throat> some of the things in there, and I'm thinking, you know what? They already consulted with me on that. I, I think I could have done that a little better. Come on, somebody. Or, or I've done that a little different, maybe. Not better, but different, you know. <clears throat> but it is what it is. And, you know, it, it, it's enlightening and to see that on uh, how that is, looks in the eyes of other people. And everybody who reads the Word of God, you know, we, we look through a different lens. We see things a little differently. We perceive and understand things a little differently. So take your, uh, take your Bibles out. I, I trust you got an outline. If you didn't, you can walk out there. There might be a couple more out on the, on the right out there on the table and, and pick one up. You'll get so much out of it. Last week, we gave you 10 works of the Holy Spirit. And uh, you, you, you saw that if you were watching the NBC uh, AD series, you saw that, how that fire came from heaven. It's like, wow. Now, you know, uh, they were praying, but I would have looked at that a little bit differently. But, but that fire was really something, you know. And, and that's what happens when the Holy Spirit comes into your life. You get a fire down in your bones. You get passion. You get, you know, you begin more, become more passionate and, and powerful in the things that you do. Today we're going to be talking about standing firm in your faith. Now, let me just say something about faith. We had the last three Wednesday nights, Blaine Bowman has been speaking here about faith, and wow, he did a tremendous job. I couldn't add anything to that part of what he was saying. I mean, it was just powerful. But uh, let me just say this, to have faith, one must believe in something. Now, you know, someone says, uh, someone was asked, uh, do you believe in the Ten Commandments? And someone says, I sure do. And they say, well, what are these? Well, I don't know what they are, but I believe in them. Now, how can you believe in something if you don't know what it is, okay? So you have to believe, and, and what we believe in is God's Word, okay? We've got to get God's Word in our hearts. And then once we get it there, you know, let me just say this. Anytime that you get a word from God, anytime that you're reading something and the revelation comes to your heart and mind about God's word, the enemy is going to come and he's going to try to steal it. You know, remember the, the parable that Jesus gave about throwing the seed and how the, the seed was tested by the sun, the seed was tested by, you know, and, and, and uh, the, 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 the soil and all that. In other words, it's going to be tested. So you have to believe in it. So you have to stand firm in your faith. You have to come to that place. If you really believe in something, that you have to take a stand on that. And you have to believe in that. So with that in mind, turn with me, please, to Acts chapter 4 and verse 20. And I want you to look at the Word of God. Or you can look at it right up here. I think we have it on the screen, too, if you don't have your Bibles there open yet. And it says, Then they... Called them in again and commanded them not to speak or to teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes to listen to you or to him. Okay, you be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and what we have heard. Bow your heads. Lord, help us to receive and walk in the power of your Holy Spirit that we will be able to make a firm stand uh, in faith against those that come against us and and the things that come against us. We pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said, have you ever heard to stand up for something 
you believe in or ever, ever, have you ever had to do that? Maybe you've had to stand up for something that you believe in and you were, opposition came against you. See, when we stand, it's normally because there's some sort of opposition facing us. So we must muster up the courage and take action to stand against that opposition. When I gave my life to Jesus Christ, I faced opposition from my friends at work. I used to go out and party with them, you know, but, but now I was facing opposition because I was following Jesus, and, and, and I, I, I didn't follow after them anymore, okay? So when I'm trying to lose weight, or I take a stand against, I have to take a stand against Rocky Road ice cream. Come on, somebody. I don't know about you, but there's something about Rocky Road. If I'm walking down the aisles uh, at Kroger's or wherever I'm at, Rocky Road says, hello, I'm over here. Come by and try me. You will like me. And I'm thinking, oh, yes, I do. I tell you, I'm tempted. I have to take a stand when I go by Krispy Kreme Donuts. Come on, somebody. Because I don't want to eat one. I want to eat a, a whole dozen. So if you're trying to lose weight, you're going to have to take a stand. Come on, somebody. So I have to say, get thee behind me, Satan. Don't buy that Krispy Kreme, Randy. Come on, somebody. (laughs) When I'm spending time reading the Word of God or in in prayer with Jesus, I have to take a stand against my phone. As a matter of fact, I have to turn it off. Come on, somebody. Because it keeps ringing or beeping or whatever. Or even when you have it on vibrate, I have to get it a little bit away from me because I know that somebody's trying to get in touch with me and I'm thinking more about that than I am my relationship in prayer time with God. Can I get a witness? Our world is polluted with so many things that aren't Christ's life. And I have to daily take a stand against purity or take a stand for purity and holiness and against those things that come against that. How many of you know there's things that are thrown in our face all the time and we just have to take a stand? I'm not going to receive that in my spirit. Come on, somebody. I can't let garbage into my mind and heart. I have to take a stand for God against anything that would hinder my relationship with Jesus. So we all have weaknesses and temptations. Can I get a witness? We're all tempted. We're, you know, and let me, t- let me say this. Jesus was tempted at all points like we're tempted today. So it's not a sin to be tempted. It's not a sin for you to be tempted with something. That's not a sin. The sin is when we give in to the temptation. Can I get a witness? We all have faced moments in our faith where we have to take a stand against something that hinders where God desires us to be. Matter of fact, I want you to look at this. In Acts chapter 4, we see some of these men who take a stand for their faith. Now, And if you're watching the AD series, you're very familiar with the story. Acts chapter 4. We see Peter and John taking a stand for Christ. And, and here's what it says. Through God's power, they healed a man. Okay, Remember the, uh, the man that the gate called beautiful and they walked up and, and uh, the man was uh, begging alms. And Peter's silver and gold have I none, but such as I have... I give thee in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. The man rose up, began walking and leaping and praising God, and the power of God fell in the place. So, you know, it caused a stir. They didn't like the message that they were preaching. They didn't like it. But during, and, and during the trial, the court realized that they really had no legal right to hold them, okay? 
And, and, and let's look at the threats that Peter and John response in Acts chapter 4 and verse 18. Then they called them in again. And they commanded them not. Everybody say not. Not to speak or to teach. Here was the rub. Here was the area. Here was the thing that they didn't want to hear. They didn't want to hear about Jesus. You can talk about God all you want to. And you know the same way today. You can talk about God, but when you start talking about Jesus, I've had, matter of fact, I've had people say, you know, you mentioned God, but don't, don't mention Jesus. They don't want the name Jesus mentioned because it's a defining factor in our faith because we believe that Je- there's no other name given under, under heaven among men where men must be saved, but at the name of Jesus. Muhammad will not save you. Muhammad's still in the grave. But Jesus rose from the dead and he gave us life if, when we believe in him. If you believe that, say amen. So as we look at this, look at, you know, Acts chapter 4 and verse 18. Then they called them again and commanded them not to speak in the name of Jesus, but Peter and John. Here's the reply. Which is right in God's eyes to listen to you or to him? You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help but speak about what we have seen and heard. Now, the religious men told Peter and John, stop preaching in the name of Jesus. You know, say anything else you want to. Talk about God, but don't talk about Jesus. They told them to bow down and denounce their faith in God. They told them to stop living out the very purpose of their being. And in the moment of just being arrested, Peter and John had to take a stand for Christ. Folks, I'm telling you, somewhere along the line, you'll have to take a stand for Christ. And you got to ask yourself now, don't don't wait till you're put into that situation to define what you're going to do. You need to know right now what you're going to do. Are you going to stand for God? Are you going to, are you just going to, you know, bow down and and, and be quiet? You've got to answer that question now. So even though they were facing threats, they took a stand and they told the leaders they would keep preaching and teaching about Jesus. In other words, it's Christ. He's the Messiah. And that's who we're going to talk about. I'm sorry, but that's just the way it is. In life, we may face people or things that try to stop us from living for Christ. This could be the cause of the temptation of the evil one and the relationship. It may be a, a, a relationship. It may be a family member. It may be a job. It may be a friend, even a tragic or an unexpected event. But there's going to be those times that's going to rise in your life. And this is why Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 13, be on guard. Everybody say, be on guard. Say it again, be on guard. Now, what does that mean? You know, when you guard something, you have to be very sensitive. You know, be on your guard, be on your guard. Begin to look around, be on your guard. Stand firm in faith. Be courageous and be strong. Now, that's a command to you. You say, well, sometimes I don't feel strong. Well, you need to get the Spirit of God in your life. You need to get on your knees and begin to pray and ask God to help you to be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. If you believe that, say amen. Amen. Now, Paul wouldn't use this verbiage. He wouldn't use this verbiage if we weren't going to face opposition, if we weren't going to face people, places, or things that will try uh, to back down, you know, back you down in your faith, okay? But Peter and John faced major oppositions, and they knew that we were going to face them as well. They were arrested, they were put in prison, they were threatened, okay? And they continued to take that stand for God. So let's look at what happened in Acts chapter 4, and let's learn how we can take a stand. Now, this, this morning I want to give you three truths. It's not going to be a long message, but it's going to be one that I believe you're going to remember. Number three truths 
to help you stand firm in your faith when life comes at you at full force, and it will. I'm telling you, there's going to be a time where just like it just seemed like uh, all hell would break out toward you and just seemed like things coming your way. It's like, wow. And you have to take a stand for God, okay? And if you'll take a stand for God, he'll take a stand for you. Number one, write this down in your notes. Jesus is our foundation. Jesus is our foundation. In Acts chapter 4, we see that Peter and John take a stand for Christ even in the face of people who wanted to throw them in prison and even destroy their life, okay? And one key reason that Peter and John were able to stand firm in their faith was because Jesus was their foundation. Now, I'll tell you what, I don't, I, you know, I, I remember uh, one year preaching in, in Haiti, and I'm on the stage, and I'm sitting there, and I'm getting ready, and I'm looking out, and there's hundreds of people I'll be preaching to, and you know, I, I, I'd asked the guy, I said, hey, you know, I'd like to know one, just one phrase or one something when I get up there to say. He said, well, say praise the Lord. I said, well, how do you say that in their language? He said, well, just say Benny swallowed a nail. I said, no, really, I won't, I, I won't just say that. They'll know what you mean. And I got up and I said, Benny swallowed a nail. And everybody said, Benny swallowed a nail. And me praise the Lord. In Mexico, I ask the same thing. It's glory adios. You know, anybody needs any Spanish people speaking here this morning? Glory adios. You know, it's praise the Lord. So, you know, uh, but anyway, I'm sitting on the stage and I'm sitting there and all of a sudden, you know, it just seemed like I started going backwards. And I'm almost looking up toward heaven. I think, what in the world's going on? And I look in the chair that I'm sitting on. Folks, they didn't have a concrete floor. They had a wooden floor and some water had got up there and my chair was sinking down in the mud and I'm going backwards. I wasn't on a firm foundation. How many of you know what I'm talking about? See, we need to be on a firm foundation. And sometimes we begin to slip or sometimes we begin to, you know, whatever happens in our lives because we don't have a firm foundation. See, they built their lives on the solid rock of Christ. That's the reason they could stand when, they, when, when things would come against them and situations would arise or whatever. They stood because they were on a firm foundation. Look at Acts chapter 4 and uh, verse 8 through 12. Then Peter Filled with the Holy Spirit. There's the key right there. If you got the Holy Spirit in your life, you know, there's, I tell you what, some people are filled with other things, okay? You're filled with all kinds of knowledge. You're filled with things that you get off the computer. You're filled with things that you watch on the TV. And, and, and you know, I, and I'm not, I'm not throwing stones at those things other to say that we need to be filled with the Spirit of God. Come on, somebody. And the way you're filled with the Spirit of God is when you begin to pray and you begin to seek God and God can fill you. They begin to be filled with the Holy Spirit and said to the rulers, rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account this day for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel... It was by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth that this man's healed. Folk, again, there was the rub. They didn't want to hear that name. You mean to tell me that that, that same one that, that, that healed the blinded eyes, that, that raised Lazarus from the dead, that same one, although he was crucified, he's still doing things today, and they're saying, yes, it was by that name. You know, they didn't want to hear that name. They put their fingers in their ears. They didn't want to hear the name of Jesus. Folks, I'm telling you, today there's people that don't want to hear the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody. 
And, and there's a big thing right now. You know, it's talk about God. You know, when you talk about God, you can be talking about yourself. A little G, God, okay? I mean, the God of this world is Satan. I mean, God, what's that? You know, it, you know, it, you know it's Jesus. It's Jesus that they won't want to hear. Peter believed that Jesus is the cornerstone. Jesus was his everything. He was his foundation. And they were walking and talking in the name of Jesus. They knew that salvation was found in nobody else but the name of Jesus. Their lives were all about Jesus. He was their foundation. So when Jesus is our cornerstone, no matter what we face in life, we will stand. We will have a firm foundation to stand on. We can stand on him for him, and we can walk in his strength. How many of you want the strength and the power of God in your life? Let me see your hands. Well, you have to take that stand. You have to take that stand. If you'll do that, you'll begin to see things change in your life. Everything we do and do is all about him. See, we all face trouble and opposition, but we can take a stand when we make Jesus our foundation. So he has to be our support. He has to be the firm one that we're standing on. And I want to tell you something. You can stand if Jesus is your firm foundation. If you believe that, say amen. Amen. Number two, we have to obey God in uh, in the face of opposition. We have to obey God in the face of opposition. Let me see your hands. How many of you have faced opposition? Let me see your hands. Have you faced any opposition? How many of you are here this morning? Pinch the person beside of you. They may wake up this morning. See, we all face opposition at times in our lives. In your notes, you know, look at that. Facing opposition isn't a matter of if. It's a matter of when. Because it's going to happen. It's not a, well, if you face. No, no, no. You're going to face it. I tell you right now, you're going to face it. You remember the parable of the seed. You're going to face opposition. The enemy is going to rise up against you. You have to ask yourself right now, what will you do when it happens? What will you do when you're faced with, you know, let me tell you something. If you haven't made up your mind right now what you're going to do, you'll probably fall into temptation. If you believe that, say amen. You have to prepare your heart, okay? So facing opposition isn't a matter of if, but it's a matter of when, which means we have many opportunities to obey or to disobey. And this, they, they obey, but you know, sometimes, you know, the Bible says the spirit's willing, but the flesh, help me out, is weak. See, our flesh, you know, is not going to stand up. So the more of the spirit that we have, they realize that they needed the Holy Spirit. And folks, I'll tell you, if there's ever a time that we need the Holy Spirit working in our lives, it's today. If you believe that, say amen. amen. We have to have the Holy Spirit working in our lives or we're going to fall. I'm going to tell you something, we're going to fall. Now, you know, if I ask you this morning, I will not do that. How many of you have fell to temptation? I know 99% of the hands would go up, probably on the reason the other hand wouldn't go up. You just, you know, you don't know how to, what people may think about that. But let me tell you something. We've all failed to temptation at one time or another about something in our lives. If you believe that, say amen. amen. But we have to ask the question, how do we get strong in the Lord and the power of his might? And it's by the... In feeling of God's spirit. It's what we take into our lives. 
We get more of God's spirit in our lives than we do this world spirit, okay? So if I got this world spirit inside of me, let me tell you what I'm going to do. If I'm pulling out down here and I, I, I'm, I'm getting ready to leave church and, and, and somebody doesn't, you know, thinks I pull out too fast or I don't pull out fast enough and, and they say something to me and they push my button, let me tell you something. If I'm filled with this world, you know what I'm going to do? And they push my button and what's going to come out of me is not going to be good. Come on, somebody. They say something bad to me, I'm going to say something bad to you. But if I'm filled with the Spirit of God, and I've been praying, I'm prayed up, and I, I'm asking God to use me, and I want, to, I want to stand for Jesus, when they say something to me, I'm going to say, I love you. God bless you. Oh, they just put coals, on the, on their, uh, coals of fire on their head. Come on, somebody. Huh? He just said, God bless me, and I just cussed him out, you know. He said, God bless you. Yeah, you don't have to curse him. You can say, God bless you. God will bless them. Amen? You know why he will? Because you asked him to. And somewhere around the road, somewhere down the road, they're going to be thinking about what they did. I tell you what, I, I remember, you know, there's many times in my own life that I'd done things. And, uh, you know, I was brought up in church. I was a preacher's kid, a PK, what they call. And they say, you know, the preacher's kids, they, you know, they, you know, they, you know, they, people talk about preacher's kids. You know, but let me just, you know, I've told you before, we learned everything we knew from the deacon's kids. <laughs> Problem in the church today, people have heard and know more than they are doing for Jesus. And this is where we need to take a stand for God. We need to take a stand for God. Now, I remember, again, let me just go back when I was working at Jorgerson Steel. And I, you know, I'd go out and party with these guys. And, you know, I'd party all night long. I'm, I'm serious. I'm being honest. I just, you know, this is B.C. Everybody say B.C. You know, things, you know, you just, you know, you're just caught up in the world. And, you know, you just go out and whatever. And sometimes I did all night long or whatever. And, you know, it's like, oh, you know, buddies, you know. And then I gave my heart to Jesus. And I came in and they realized it. And, and, and you know what? I, had, I started facing a little opposition, a little verbal persecution. You know, in my life, I, had, I, I realized, you know, I, I was, when I, as long as I was, you know, following them and, and them and, you know, good, but, you know, everything was fine. But when, you know, and, and when I asked about, you know, I, I began to pray about that. And really the Lord began to show me it's because who I'm standing for. Because Jesus is my firm foundation. When I get around them, it makes them uncomfortable. Come on, somebody. And they say, are you preaching to me? I, I haven't even said a word. I didn't know my mouth. They, they said, I'm preaching at them. I, I, well, you said nothing. But it was the witness that you had it's who you stand for. And they know all about that. Can you say amen to that? So, living for Christ isn't always easy. We will face opposition, but we must obey God in the midst of opposition and stand firm for he is worthy. Why? Because he died for us, at least we can do is live for him. We need to take a stand for God. Number three in your notes. When we stand for Jesus, he shines through us. It's powerful to watch what happens when Peter and John stand firm in their faith. And look at it, Acts chapter 4, 4. But many 
who heard the message believe. So the number of the men who believed grew to about 5,000. Wow, think about it. Almost overnight, instantly, the church was born on the day of Pentecost. That's the birth of the church, Pentecost. It was a feast day of the Jews. That's when the church was born, right then. And, and when Peter began to speak and preach in the power of God in his life, you know, 5,000. Everybody say 5,000. I didn't say five. I didn't say 500. I said 5,000. Can you imagine what a crowd of 5,000 people would look like? Instantly, they gave their hearts to Jesus. Now, you, you talk about a problem. How many of you know, you, you know, sometimes when God begins to move in your life, sometimes you, you, you have some good problems that you have to deal with. Let me tell you something. You, you know, if you go to Israel and see, there's, there's not a lot of water over there. I wonder where in the world they baptized 5,000 people at that time. You know, I wonder, you know, how did they disciple them? Where, you know, what kind of classrooms did they have to disciple them? I mean, there's a lot of things you can think about. 5,000 people saved because they stood firm and people heard the message of Christ. And many people were snatched out of the kingdom of darkness and came into the kingdom of life. Can you imagine instantly? How many of you remember the night you got saved? Let me see your hands, you know. There was really something happening. I remember when I gave my heart to Jesus. It was just like, you know, you, you know... A light came on in my mind, in my heart. I began to see things differently. People that I used to uh, have a problem with, I didn't have no problem with no more. I want to go around shaking everybody's hand. I want to go around loving everybody. Why? Because God done a new thing. He deposited something in my life, and Jesus began to shine through me. Come on, somebody. And that's what he wants to do is shine through you. So when we stand firm in our faith, God will use our resolve to immeasurably more than we could ever imagine in our lives. Can you imagine, as they noticed Peter and John, they were unlearned, they were ignorant men. But yet, when they spoke the oracles of God, when they began to talk about the word of God, instantly 5,000 people were saved. Jesus began to shine through this men. How, how many of you know that Peter was actually a backward person. Peter was a person that would uh, allow the things of this world to control him more than the spirit of God. We talked about last week how, you know, when push come to shove, he'd cut your ear off. And he did. Uh, you know, he cut a man's ear off. Jesus had to put it back on. So Peter had a foul mouth. Come on, somebody. He had a foul mouth. He began to, you know, speak things. He would curse. And, and, and I mean, he was just, I could just see him as that rugged fisherman that he was. But on the day of Pentecost, all of that changed in the life of Peter. He totally changed. You know, that, 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 that. Weak need, mealy mouth guy named Peter, when it come to the things of God, began to take on an, a new measure of power. And Jesus began to shine through him, and people began to take notice of it. And I'm going to say this. When you've got the Spirit of God moving in your life the way you need to move, and, let, and how does that work? It works when you get down and begin to pray. You don't have to kneel at this altar, but whenever you, wherever you're praying, you begin to allow God to come into your life. And folks, when the more of God that you have in your life, the more He's going to shine through you, and the more people are going to take notice of you if you believe that same end. They took notice of Peter and John that they were unlearned and they were ignorant men, but they spoke the oracles of God in such a powerful way. Jesus was shining through them and Jesus will shine through you as you take that stand. There may be times that you may have to take a stand at work. There may be times that you have to take a stand uh, uh, wherever you may be that you just have to take a stand. I know there's been so many times and places 
And even places where I've been asked to go preach or speak, you know, don't use the name of Jesus. I'm sorry, you need to count me out because that's not going to work. Because let me tell you, Jesus is the center of my life. He's the foundation of my life. Come on, somebody. And it's going to be he that shines through me. Look at Acts chapter 4 and verse 13 again. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men, notice this, these men, help me out, had been with, had been with who? I can't hear you. They'd been with Jesus. Oh, that's that guy, that Galilean. That guy that, that did the miracles that turned the water into wine, they, they, they've been with him. They've been with Jesus. Hallelujah. Folks, when you've been with Jesus, people are going to take notice of it because he's going to shine through you. Come on, somebody. And there's going to be something about you, the new you, that's going to be so different. So we also see that people who hadn't crossed the line of faith were amazed. I, I mean, even the people that didn't know and, and hadn't come to Jesus yet, they could, but yet they could tell that. And I believe people in the world, they can tell if you have the touch of God upon your life. They can tell if Jesus is shining through, and that's what we need to do. We need to let Jesus shine through. We need to let Jesus shine through and touch an unsaved world. Come on, somebody. People who didn't even know Jesus was impacted by the gospel through the lives of two men. And the two men that stood firm. Everybody say, stood firm. They stood firm. Now, folks, let me tell you something. Uh, you, you know, when Jesus began to talk like that, they crucified him. So these men, when they took, you know, it wasn't one of those things. It's kind of like right now in the United States with all the rights that we have and all that. You know, it's, it's easy to kind of serve God. But you, let me tell you this. Go to some of the third world countries and take a stand for Jesus. It may be something different. Hello. The seed of the gospel was planted in their hearts. Of the unbelievers, when two men took a stand. I think it's safe to say that some uh, people ended up accepting Christ as their Lord because these guys took a stand. It's like, wow, look at them. Uh, they don't even care. I mean, they, they crucified their, their Lord for doing that, and they're doing the same thing. And, and they don't care. They're taking a stand. They're, and, 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 and that same Jesus, that same spirit of Jesus is in their lives. So it impacted in, to a, a, a powerful degree that 5,000 of them came out of the crowd. I don't know how many is in the crowd. Maybe that was most of the crowd. Maybe that was 99% of the crowd. But 5,000. Everybody say 5,000. Boy, that's an instant mega church. Come on, somebody. Was built just like that. <coughs> wow. And it all became because of the boldness of two men who took a stand for God. In closing this morning, as we close, when we stand firm, we're standing on the cornerstone and Jesus is shining brightly through our lights, through our lives. The light of God is shining brightly through us. We're, you know, when people are seeing us, they don't see us anymore. Let me just say this. When God looks down from heaven and he sees you, he doesn't really see you anymore. He sees Jesus in you. He sees the Jesus that you have accepted in your life. That's the reason, you know, you know, the Bible says our righteousness, help me out, our righteousness are as filthy rags. But when God looks down and sees Jesus in us, he sees his son. He sees his son in us and we're, we're righteous. Why? Not on our own righteousness, but because of the righteousness of Jesus. So our courage will encourage and astonish 
people as to the point of them accepting Jesus in their life. So when we stand, he will shine through us. One, more, uh, one, one or two more scriptures. Acts 4.31. After they prayed. Everybody say, after they prayed. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. Someone say, well, pastor, was that an earthquake? Well, at least it was a spiritual one. Close somebody. Because the Bible says the place was shaken, okay? And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Now, again, why does it say that, boldly? Because, remember, those that were speaking the word of God boldly were being put in jail. They've been beaten. They've been threatened. Jesus was crucified for doing it. And here his followers are doing it. And, and can you imagine, you know, what's going on? So when we stand firm and when we pray, the power of God becomes alive in our lives. There's been those times that I, I, I tell you, it just felt like, uh, you know, I'm weak on the inside. And, I, I, you know, it's kind of like I don't even know what to say. I, I've been put in positions and, and places where it's that, God, you're going to have to help me here, you know. And uh, let me tell you something. When you pray, the Holy Spirit can fill your life. And you can begin to speak the things. It doesn't, it doesn't matter uh, what your IQ is. It doesn't matter what your educational level is. It doesn't matter about any of those things. Let me tell you something. I'll tell you what. When the power of God's in your life, people are going to recognize it. And they're going to know it. And you're, they're going to be impacted by it. Can I get a witness? If you don't stand for something, you're going to fall for anything. And you need to stand for God. Can you say amen to that? So God's power then gives us courage to speak the word of God. This last scripture, and I'm not going to read it all, but Acts chapter 4, verses 32 through 37. It says, all the believers were of one heart, one mind. No one claimed that any of the possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. And I want to read this. This is the one I want to read. And I tell you what, this is what changed. This is what defined the early church. This is what made everybody turn heads. This is what made the church what it was in their day. And it says, with great power. Everybody say, with great power. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Folks, they were able to stand firm. It's because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. They saw him die on the cross. And after he died and was put in a tomb in three days, he rose from the dead and he walked among them. And, and even Thomas, who said, I, unless I put my finger in his hands and, and put my hand in his side, I'm not going to believe. And Jesus showed up one day and said, here I am, Thomas, it's me. Put your finger in my hand, put your hand in my side. It's me. They saw him with their eyes and they were changed forever. Now, we haven't had that opportunity to actually witness the resurrection. We've heard the story, but I believe it. How many of you believe it this morning? Let me see your hand. I believe the resurrection. The Bible says if that same spirit that raised, you know, in you, that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead will also quicken your mortal bodies. Folks, I'll tell you what. If we don't believe in a resurrection... And you know, after the Sadducees, they didn't believe in the resurrection. They were the one that beat the apostles, James, uh, uh, James and John. They, they beat them. They were, uh, they were Sadducees. They didn't believe in the resurrection. They were sad, you see. A little play on words there, but they were. Folks, can you imagine? Paul said, if I, if I had hope in this life only, I would be of all men. Help me out. 
most miserable. If we didn't believe in the resurrection, we have no gospel. The gospel is good news. The good news wasn't that Jesus died on the cross. The good news was he rose from the dead. That was the good news. I'm not taking anything away from what he did on the cross. But folks, let's don't keep him on the cross. He didn't stay on the cross. He didn't even stay in the tomb. He rose. He came out up by the tomb. And one day, because that same spirit's in us, we're going to rise too. And we're going to have a resurrected body. Oh, my. They said that when Jesus walked from the road to Emmaus, and as he was walking by, he was talking with them. They didn't recognize him until he began to break bread with them. And they realized, hey, that's Jesus. That's it, Jesus. That's Jesus. We're going to have a resurrected new body. Some of us will have hair in heaven. Come on, somebody. Some of you won't have to paint that old barn up anymore. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. I believe we can eat all of the Krispy Kremers we want in heaven. Not have to worry about dieting. Come on, somebody. You say, oh, we don't do that in heaven. You know, no, no, no. Jesus ate with them. Can you imagine that? He ate a, he ate a fish dinner and then walked through the wall. It's like, well, okay, I see him going through, but what about the fish dinner? Does it go through too? Now, that's something to think about. I, I, I know he has a resurrected body, but that fish wasn't resurrected. He just ate a fish and he went through a wall. When it went through him, it's re- it was resurrected too. We're going to have a new body. I said, we're going to have a new body. Amen. Some of you look in the mirror, and the age in your eyes, the wrinkles on your cheeks. <laughs> the hair that you used to comb is there no more. Some of us have glasses, and the lens keep getting thicker. Come on, somebody. I'm meddling now, aren't I? I've just been factual. This body is perishing. And you know, you might live eight or 80, or maybe even I've heard people live over 100. But one day, this old body will cease to exist. But folks, let me tell you something. When that happens, this old body, I'll be shouting on the other side. I'll be checking out some of those guys up there. Hey, I heard about that. What was it like down there, Paul? What was it like down there, Philip? What was it like down there, John? What was it like? And I'll be, you know, and all of those preachers that have gone on before, and yes, our relatives, my dad and mom and, and siblings and people that I know and relatives and friends. You know, there's been many, 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 many people here at OBC that used to sit where you're sitting. They're now uh, with Jesus. But let me tell you something. We're going to have a reunion someday. It's because of the resurrection of Jesus. That was the power. That's what made them stand firm in their faith. And it'll make you stand firm in your, yours. If you got anything out of this, put your hands together. Give the Lord a hand clap. I want, to bow, I want you to bow your heads with me this morning. And I, I want to say, uh, say a prayer uh, for you and with you today. And 
Let me just say this. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you know, I want you to stand for him this morning. We're going to give you an opportunity literally to just do that. You don't have to come up here unless you want to, but I'm just a moment. I'm going to have you to stand this morning because we're, we're talking about the message, you know, standing firm in your faith. We're going to have you to stand. And, and those of you that, that, that have been touched for this word, and maybe you, you want to prepare yourself to stand and obey God instead of disobeying. And, uh, you, you, know, there, there's, you know, sometimes I, I felt like Simon Peter has felt. You know, when he told the Lord, he said, you know, all others may forsake you, but not me, not me. Not, not Simon Peter won't do that. You know, and, and, and Jesus looked at him and said, Simon Peter, before the cock crows, you'll deny me. Uh, in, you, you know, you'll deny me, and he did. And when and when the cock began to crow, when the rooster began to crow that uh, that day, and Jesus walked by and, and he looked at him, and Peter saw that it wasn't a look of disappointment, but it's a look of acknowledgement that Peter, you know, I know a little bit more than you do. How many of you know the Lord knows more than we do? He knows our weaknesses. He knows our strengths. And when he rose from the dead, he said, "Go tell my disciples." And he mentioned one name, and Simon Peter. I want to talk with him. I want to let him know that I love him. I want to let him know that I'm not, that I have faith in him. He might have, he might have not have stood for me. He might have missed an opportunity, but he's going to stand. He's going to be firm. He's going to be that pebble that I said he would be. I'm the cornerstone. I'm the rock, the foundation, but he's going to be a piece of it of the church is going to look to him as the leader and they did as he rose that day and took that firm stand so maybe somewhere along the way you may have felt like you failed you stumbled you've fallen you're not what you want to be your your purpose in life is maybe it's not what it should be or you're thinking it should be but today you want to make a stand for God and you want all that behind you and it can happen just like it happened with Simon Peter the Lord went to him and I can tell you, in his eyes, I can see the love of Jesus as he looked at Peter. I'm here, Peter. I'm here for you. I'm not here to condemn you. I'm not here to point a finger and shame you on you. That's not who I am. But I'm here to embrace you. I'm here to love you. I'm here to, you know, empower you with my spirit. And you're going to change your world for God.